0: Alright, so the Bible tells me that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But I cannot lift the Empire State Building. I cannot swim across the Atlantic Ocean without taking a rest. So what is going on with that? What is up with this scripture?
1: And so today we continue our series and in fact complete it or finish it when we look at, uh, where we're looking at biblical truths that transform this morning. Our uh, transforming truth is I can do all things through Christ.
0: Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm
1: Alan Jones.
0: And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we thank you for today. We thank you for those who have made a decision to gather here this morning to worship your name, to be here to receive a word from scripture and god i would pray that each one of us would apply what you're saying to us and how you're leading us or nudging us apply it to our lives so that we can make a difference when we leave this place help remove any distraction so that we can have some laser focus right now we pray this in your holy name and everybody here said
1: amen so to fully understand what the Bible means when it says, I can do all things through Christ, who strengthens me, it would, would help to look a little more closely at the context of that quotation. It, it's found in the fourth chapter of the book of Philippians, verse 13. Now, this book, like many of the books in the New Testament, is actually a letter written from the Apostle Paul to, to one of the churches that he established in the Mediterranean, over around Greece. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So this particular book is, is a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Philippi when he was under house arrest in Rome. The city of Philippi was a prosperous Roman colony, and its citizens, uh, according to, uh, uh, to the NIV Study Bible, its, its citizens prided themselves on being Roman. uh Romans, they dressed the part, and they even spoke in Latin.
0: So the NIV Study Bible tells us that Paul's primary purpose for writing this letter to the Philippians is to thank them, thank them for the gifts that they had sent him while he was under house arrest in Rome. In addition, Paul takes uh, advantage of this time to share some other thoughts with them in this letter. So we find in chapter 4 that some of what he wants to share in addition to thanks is to uh, report on his own circumstances and to encourage them to stand firm in the midst of persecution, in the midst of great challenge, and to rejoice no matter what the circumstance. We actually heard about that uh, on Wednesday night as Suzanne Reff gave the message to rejoice, to give thanks, to have gratitude in all circumstances, not an easy thing to do, but that's what the Bible tells us to do.
1: And so, this chapter four, actually, we're going to go back uh, to the near the beginning because it's just chock full of, of, of uh, well known, often repeated verses of Scripture. For example, verse four, which, which reads, Rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. It was a song, basis of a song a few years ago. Now, what's interesting, this morning I was doing my devotion. And the focus of the devotion was the next verse, verse 5, Philippians 4, verse 5, which I hadn't really focused on before, but it's worth focusing on here this morning. Let your gentleness be evident to all. So there's assumption there that we're going to be gentle if we're in the Lord, isn't there? An assumption of gentleness. And it says the Lord is near. Wouldn't this be a great kind of mantra for us to be wearing at all times and places that our gentleness would be seen and experienced by everyone around us. Wow, that's pretty That's pretty awesome. And then we move on to, to verses 6 through 7, which we often share here at Connection Community Church, where it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Say the rest with me, will you? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. Yeah.
0: So Paul is offering a word of encouragement in the midst of challenge, in the midst of persecution, to Christ followers in Philippi. Well, then he goes on to share um, one of my personal favorite scriptures. And it's uh, verses 8 and 9. He writes, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, what does he tell us to do? Think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. Now when we do that, Here's one of the results, say the last line, and the peace and God of peace will be with you. Hmm. Say it one more time, and the God of peace will be with
1: you. So in the midst of stress, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of all that, we are called, or he's calling these people, and in so doing, we're being called to 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 tune into what—not all that junk that they're hitting us with—but to tune into what is pure and what is lovely and what is admirable. In other words, don't get caught up in what is around you, but stay the course with what God would call us to do. Keep your minds on things that are praise worthy of praise. And then he, encourages them, to put, uh, uh, he put, encourages them to put this into practice. A good model for us as well. Yeah.
0: So then in this letter, as Paul writes, um, he, he makes a little turn from the focus of them to himself, to his own situation, and what he has learned as he has been a Christ follower. Now remember, he's on house arrest, But it's kind of interesting, he's living in this rented house, it's a period of two years, and he is able to continue to witness. People come in and he witnesses to how he was and how Jesus Christ changed his life. That's called the gospel, sharing the good news of Jesus. And so he did that with all who came to see him and with all whom he corresponds or writes to. So here's what Paul shares next.
1: Yeah, four ten 10 through 13, our verse for the day. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. And I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Say the last line with me, please. I can do all this through him who gives me strength.
0: And so Paul shares with the church in Philippi how much he appreciates their show of concern. And he writes that uh, they hadn't had any opportunity to previously show that concern, not sure what that's about, what Paul's circumstances were, but anyway, he appreciates it, but then he says, uh, I don't really feel like I'm in need, because he's content, whatever his circumstance, I mean, can you imagine really saying that, really believing that, really living that content in all circumstances, over Paul's years in ministry, he has certainly had many challenging circumstances. You can read it beginning in the book of Acts, clear to the, um, you know, all throughout the second half of the Bible in the New Testament. We find one of these situations that Paul talks about, these challenging times in 2 Corinthians. It's what he wrote a letter to the church at Corinth. And Paul speaks of the challenges. As he boasts about what a fool he has been for Jesus Christ.
1: And here's what he shares. Five times I received from the Jews, keep in mind, he was a Jew himself. From the Jews, the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was peddled with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, that's the non-Jews, in danger in the city, danger in the country, in danger at sea, <sighs> and in danger from false believers. I've labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. As if that's not enough. Besides everything else, and here's his heart right here, I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. I think what he means, all the churches that I have established and continue to care about and love. Wow.
0: So let's take a look at what that first um, scripture is about, because that's kind of curious, this 40 lashes minus one. The Jewish law allows a maximum of 40 lashes as a punishment. Now, the Jewish people are known in, in the Bible as being very legalistic. You know, they hold to the letter of the law. And so um, when they inflicted this punishment of 40 lashes, they really only did 39 just in case someone was counting. And they got it wrong. So that's why we get this great detail in scripture. For me, that's how I know it's true. It's so historically in context with what was going on. So we read that Paul received 40 lashes minus one five times, three times beaten with the rod, stoned once, three times shipwrecked. I mean, all of this stuff, it goes on and on and on. And here's the thing. (laughs) Paul was in ministry for the Lord. (laughs) He was doing the Lord's work, and all of this was coming upon him. So Paul certainly wasn't serving the Lord for the external perks that he was uh, receiving in this particular job.
1: And we have to wonder why so much challenge? Why did, oh my gosh, any one of these uh, five uh, uh, whippings would have been more than sufficient for most of us to say enough is enough. Why is his life so challenging and difficult? I don't know if we get a clear answer, but perhaps... Perhaps we offer this. Paul was a living example of perseverance in the midst of severe circumstances. A living example of staying the course, of keeping on, keeping on, if you're familiar with that expression, a, a living example of being, a, being faithful to God in Jesus Christ despite the circumstance, despite what's happening around you, not allowing your situation to determine who you're going to be and how you're going to follow Jesus Christ. This is exactly what… These are the things Paul is talking about when he refers in, in 4.13, I can do all this, all this stuff that we did, all this challenge, all this, I can do all this through Him who gives me strength.
0: It's as if Paul is saying this: "I'm not in need. I am content in all of my circumstances. Believe me, I've had some pretty severe circumstance. And through it all, I have been content, and the only reason why I can do what I've done, experience what I've done, experienced all the challenge, is because Jesus Christ gives me the
1: strength.) Mm. Now, this is usually translated, I can do all things or everything through Christ who strengthens me. But I appreciate how the NIV kind of focuses in a little more. Because as we said, all things can be kind of confusing where it says, I, I can do all this. And kind of particularly what's been focused on through Christ who strengthens me. All the, all the challenges. In other words, I'm able to do what God calls me to do. Because Christ gives me the strength to do it. Yeah.
0: It's important to keep in mind the context. Whenever we read the Bible, context is so important to see what's before and what's after, what's going on. It's important to keep in mind that what Paul's saying here, whatever the translation is, whether it's, I can do all this, I can do all things, I can do everything that Christ uh, tells me to do. What he's saying is that, again, it's through, it has nothing to do with Paul and Paul's strength, but it has everything to do with Christ and the strength that Paul, Paul is weak, Christ is strong. And that's how he can continue to be a faithful follower and a witness for jesus
1: christ and so when we quote paul and when we say i can do all things through christ who strengthens me maybe you've seen that on occasion uh, what it's saying is that it's about staying the course for jesus in the midst of overwhelming challenging outrageous circumstances Uh, 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 no matter what the opposition brings i'm going to stay true to jesus christ it's about doing what god is calling us to do even when it seems difficult, even when it seems uh, improbable, even when it seems impossible, even when everything around us is working against us. And so what we're saying this morning is this, Jesus gives me the strength to do whatever it is that God has called me to do, regardless of the challenges.
0: So what does that look like in, in present day? A couple of examples. One is familiar. probably everybody in here knows, about Mother Teresa, the Roman Catholic nun who spent her adult life in the slums, Calcutta, India. Thousands and thousands of people being cared for who were dying in the streets. She lived out um, caring for the least, the last, and the lost. She founded Missionaries of Charity and In 2012, I mean, it just wasn't back with Mother Teresa, but more recently, uh, over 4,500 sisters are a part of that, and it's in 133 countries. Now, if we were to talk to Mother Teresa, she would say that it's not about her. She was able to serve in the most challenging of places because of Jesus Christ, who gave her his strength.
1: Okay, so Mother Teresa was in Calcutta. Let's bring it a little closer home uh, to Houston, Texas. Um, A few years ago, we had the um, opportunity to hear a guy named Kirby John Caldwell both speak and preach, and it was truly a privilege. Kirby John Caldwell, from Houston, went, um, went to the Wharton School of business, uh, University of Pennsylvania prestigious school, and then went on to be an investment banker in New York City. While there, uh, pulling down some big uh, dollars, I think, God pulls him back home to Houston, calls him into ministry. Uh, After seminary, he served church, but after seminary, he gets his own church, senior pastor with a congregation, total congregation of membership of 25. Now, that's not that unusual in the United Methodist Church or even any church. You know, average church size, 50% of the church in the United States have 50 or less. So that's not that, that wild and crazy. But, see, God used His gifts that He was using as an investment banker. He's created a lot of nonprofits, nonprofits to help the poor and struggling in that Houston area, a nonprofit that builds uh, low-income housing, a nonprofit that, that bought a Kmart shopping center that was empty and then turn it into a kind of a health center for those who were in need. So God has used him and made what would seem impossible, possible. gave him the strength so that a church that was 25 when he first started in 2013 had a membership of 17,000. All things, God gives the strength through Christ, all things can be done.
0: So we talked about India and then Houston. Let's talk about right here. Right at Connection Church, close to home. So our office manager, Debbie Morgan, gets a call from Wawa. They have extra food at the end of, um, during the day, that they don't want to get rid of. And so they give it to churches or whatever to um, bag up, it's frozen, and to distribute. So we get this call, and then we have this guy over here who has a passion, passion to feed the hungry in our community. Well, this person begins to do the (laughs) pickups, and then it begins to escalate over time. Snowball, short time, snowball, <laughs> where it's not just picking up once or twice a week, but it's picking up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And so now we need to build a team to do the pickups.
1: Because this guy does have a regular day job. Correct.
0: <laughs> well, then we get so much food that we don't keep, but it turns over so quickly because there are so many people. Who are hungry in our community that he says, We need another freezer. I'm like, well, okay. He finds the freezer. We find a place in our church to have a second freezer that's dedicated to this ministry. Well, now there are so many people coming into the office that Debbie can't get her work done <laughs> because well, there's a lot of hungry people in Middletown. So then we design flyers that are distributed around and on, there's established times on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10 to 12 each day where we have so many people come to pick up food that it's no longer in the office but it's in the lobby. Now we have teams of people who come then. In addition to all of the admin that it takes. Do you see what God has done through one person? who was obedient to a call. <laughs> if we were to ask Mike Osman about this ministry, Mike would tell us that it has nothing to do with him. And it has everything to do with Jesus Christ who gives him strength. I am just curious, how many of you in here, please let me see you, are involved or have been involved in that ministry, either pick up or distribution, or yeah, several, in every service, we have uh, a number of people. This is a ministry now that has gotten so big that we're wondering, okay, God, what is next? (laughs) Mike, thank you for being obedient to the Lord.
1: So let's see, we've been to Calcutta, been to Houston, been right here in in Middletown. Then the question is, what about you? Well, what, what does it mean when we say you can do all things through Jesus who gives you strength? Well, let me help you out with that. For many of you, it means being a Christ-centered employee who works a 40 or 50 hour week or more in your regular job and then comes and sacrifices many additional hours here in ministry for the sake of the kingdom because that's what God has called you to do. And you're able to do this through Him, Jesus, who gives you strength.
0: For some of you who are in these, who are for many of you who are Christ-centered and you're in these places of employment, or if you're a student and you're in school and the places where you're located don't seem to be very (laughs) Jesus-y. It's through His strength that you are able to be a Christ follower and take the high road. We can't do that on our own. It's only through the strength of Jesus
1: Christ. Hmm. And so for some of you, it means um, sacrificing time and money for someone in need, someone you don't even know. Like we shared last week, putting together a shoebox for a child who lives on the other side of the world. Or like what our youth right here did in Sunday school several weeks ago where they donated their own money and, and then they bought the supplies needed to uh, fill lunch bags to take up to the um, Sunday breakfast mission in Wilmington uh, to help out some guys up there who are trying to get back on track after going through a tough period in their lives. It's like picking a mitten off one of that that mitten tree out there to sacrificially, on your part, help a local family have a little better Christmas. Or stuffing some of your hard-earned cash in one of those envelopes so that uh, maybe one, two, three, whatever number of blankets can be sent to some kids over there in New Delhi. Some kids, we call them Koshi's kids because Koshi's our contact, uh, Pastor Koshi over there. See some kids over there. Their, their gift for Christmas is a blanket to keep them a little warmer and uh, <laughs> maybe a little snuggly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you're all able to do that because uh, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength.
0: For some, it means being a parent to a child with challenges, with special needs, and stay in the course and not given up. For some, it means loving our spouse even when their spouse, that person, is not lovable. For some, it means just trying to get along. For some, it means caring for a child that you didn't bear but giving them a place and a purpose and lots of love in Christ. For some, it means having a kingdom impact in the place where you work. Here's the thing to keep in mind. Keep in mind that God has placed you there in the particular season for a particular reason. I'm going to say that again. God has placed you where you're at in, a particular, in this particular season for a particular reason not just to do the job, but to reach people that only you can reach, in Jesus' name.
1: (laughs) For some of you, it means being a small group leader here in small groups here at church, even though you've maybe never led anything before in your life. (laughs) For some, it means stepping out of your comfort zones to do that thing God's been calling you to do, and you've been able to successfully (laughs) not do it so far. For some, it means heading in a new direction because that's what God's calling you to do, a new vocational direction. And it might be a vocation secular out there in the the world, or it might be church vocation, church world work. Either way, secular, spiritual Because Jesus gives you the strength to do whatever it is God's calling you to do, regardless of the challenges, you'll be able to do it. It's because you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength.
0: That's our biblical truth. I can do all things through Christ who gives us, who gives me strength. And that's absolute. You see, we get our strength when we accept Christ into our heart We become a new creation. The old is gone, the new is come. And in that newness, there's a purpose and a plan. And when God calls us to do something, whether it's uh, making an impact in our workplace or school or a ministry, whatever it is, God does not say, okay, here, I put you here for a reason and a season to reach somebody who only you can reach and then just go hands off. That's not the way God works. You see, God pours out God's strength in and through you. And it, it means that we just need to get out of the way and trust and allow God to use us and to get our strength from him. Reminds me of that Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. You know, he, I am weak, but he is strong. That's where our strength comes from. And so, our biblical truth that's transforming, I can do all things, say it with me, through Christ who strengthens me. That's the transforming (coughs) truth. And that is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is what we can believe in without a doubt, and we can live it. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, there are times when another day seems like it's almost too much. Perhaps another hour. Many of us have incredible challenges. Many of us have circumstances that are very, very tough. But Lord, help us these scriptures that we talked about in Philippians to think about whatever is lovely, whatever is noble, whatever is, wor- whatever is praiseworthy, think on those things. And Lord, when we do that, we change. And help us cling to the promise, the truth, that we can indeed do whatever you've called us to do only through the blood of Jesus Christ and the strength that we receive from him. Thank you for the opportunity to worship together. Thank you for our mission as a church to connect people with Jesus and the new life that he offers. And we give you all the honor and the glory in Jesus' name, amen.